Hello, you're listening to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. If some of our discussions and tips are working for you, why don't you grab a 15-minute call with us at ecommercecall.com. We'll see whether we can help scale your e-commerce business. We will quickly see if we're a fit or whether we can recommend someone else to get you where you need to go. The worst case is you'll have a fun 15-minute chat and regardless, you'll come away understanding a lot more about your business. Book a call at ecommercecall.com. Hello and welcome to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. This week, Ian and I are talking about the fourth salesperson, the average order salesperson. So let's get started. Hi, Ian. How are you? Hey, Mark. Good to hear you very well. How are you doing? All right. All right. So we're now into the fourth installment of our exciting series on the five salespeople. So we are on the fourth salesperson, which is the average order salesperson. So we just take a step back and think, you know, if someone was in a physical store and there was a salesperson who was really good at this job of increasing the average order value, you know, what kind of things would they know and what would they do? Um, I mean, essentially, so yeah. Go. Let's just let's just summarise. There's five salespeople. Okay. So number one was the greeter. Yeah. Which is the the instant feel that people get when they come to the store. Make sure they're in the right place. Understand the job to be done. The second salesperson was the add to basket, which is helping them find the right product. Which is navigating yeah. through the store and making sure the flow is right and. Make sure they find the right product and no dead end pages. Third one is the basket to order salesperson, which is the, the kind of closer, taking away those last minute anxieties, pushing them over the edge, giving the reason to act now, um, adding scarcity and urgency into that process. And then this salesman is salesperson is the average order value one. Mm. Just mm. to summarize where we are. And then the next one, the fifth one, will be the lifetime customer value, which is your customer service. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, if you had someone then let's say you go into a furniture store and you had a really good average order salesperson, um, they would obviously probably be a senior salesperson and they'd look at the, the kind of people go around the store and they're getting people to add to the basket. And then they might kind of come and help them and say, you know, oh, you know, I can see you're trying to achieve that garden furniture look and you know you want to be you know what are you trying to actually achieve overall and okay you've bought a sofa at garden you know maybe a, a kind of what are they called wicker sofas not no not the rattan rattan sofa outside and they'd kind of go well if you want to make that maybe you should be looking at this kind of look and you should be look buying these products and people who tend to buy that tend to also buy this so they'd really intuitively know the job or the main jobs that people came to the store to do, then they could actually um, they could actually upsell to to that. Yeah. So they would really yeah. understand the whole well, that's process. What the, so, so that's what if you were in a physical store, your your shop was on the high street. That's what you'd. That's what would naturally happen, isn't it? You know, mm. you'd have mm. you'd have that sort of overarching manager type you know that would be that would be aware of, well if i put products together like this you know people buy more stuff or yeah. if i know that someone's buying that chair they're going to want to buy the matching cushion that goes with it you know, you'd naturally know that 
Um, yeah. I think like so far so good. That's, that's that makes sense, and everybody kind of understands that. But let's just think about what this means from an e-commerce perspective. So, the first of all, the question is why bother about average order value? You know, what is it? Why is it important? Mm-hmm. And you know, what does it mean? And obviously, it means significantly more revenue. But I think the power of the average order value is is shown when you look at your target sheet. And you're looking at your scenarios of getting to, you know, two, five, 10, 20 million. And when you get to the bigger numbers, when you get to bigger traffic coming through, the average order value makes such a difference to your scaling, your scalability. Mm. Um, so you know, even if you add five pounds onto your average order value, I mean, it, it can be significantly awesome. Um, because it's free, it hasn't cost you anything. It hasn't cost you any extra recruitment budget. You know, it mm-hmm. hasn't cost you any extra delivery. Normally, it's just a no-brainer to go for it. And often, the job—if you're selling something that if somebody if somebody really wants something, the job is to get them to buy something else as well. And you know, and if you can do that, you are massively competitively advantaged than everybody else. So I think the yeah. first reason to do it is is obviously it increases your revenue. But if you're bidding against other people in Google Shopping or paid social ads and everyone else is on the same product, uh, but you've got a kick-ass average order value upsell strategy in place, you're going to win the race because they're bidding for a product that is you know, £100 and everyone's selling the product for the same price, but you've got a really good average order value upsell that means people spend £115. All of a sudden, you're bidding on, you're competing for a £115 product, which means you mm. can spend more and you're going to win the ROAS race. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're going to out, out-compete them. And they'll look at you and go, how is he doing that? How are they affording on that store to make sure that they can do that? Yeah. You know, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what we really want to do is if you think about the average buyer that's coming to a product page, uh, let's say someone's buying a a gift um, and someone wants to buy a gift for their mum for Mother's Day. Now, people landing on that product page, some people, obviously, they know they want a gift for their mum and they know they want to buy something and they know that this is probably the right similar thing that they might look at because they're on the product page. But some of those people will have different price targets of what they want to pay for their Mother's Day gift. They might have, it'd be in a range, so it might be between £20 and maybe £45. So everybody's coming to that product page with an idea of what they want to spend on their Mother's Day gift. Now, for the people that have you know £25 in there, Obviously, that might be the majority. There might be like you know seventy percent of people who want to spend twenty five pounds. Fair enough, the product's twenty five pounds. But for those people, those other thirty percent who might be wanting to spend thirty, forty five pounds, if they come to the product and you you kind of limit them to spend twenty five pounds, they'll check out for twenty five pounds without thinking about it. But if you have supersized me options on your product page, that thirty percent will go for those upsells if you don't if it if it done well and it ties in with their 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 the job to be done that they're trying to achieve and you will increase the average order value of the product page so that's the first place that you can think about having 
uh, an upsell because the traffic coming to that product page, let's say it's Google Shopping and someone's typed in, you know, um, uh, flowers Mother's Day gift or chocolates Mother's Day gift or something like that. Now, everybody coming into that on the search term, there's going to be a broad range of audience. They're not all going to be the same. They're all going to be earning the same amount of money. They're not all going to have the same price that they want to spend. So we have to allow for those customers that want to spend a bit more money because why not? If you would, if you were in a physical store and someone kind of said, well, I'd, I'd like the chair, but I was actually thinking, um, I was actually looking at something maybe slightly more expensive um, because, you know, I've got this budget. But I mean, they wouldn't tell the salesman that, uh, salesperson that, you know, straight away, but they would, um, a good salesperson would kind of understand that and, and start seeking that and going, well, this customer would probably want the cushion with it. They probably want the uh, the things for the carpet to keep the carpet from getting marked. And they probably also want to make sure that it looks nice. I'll give them the clean. You know, they they would understand what the super size me option is for the product. So um, effectively, the places we can upsell are just got it. I just sent it on you on an image, didn't I? Just before Ian, let me just bring yes. it up. Yeah. Well, you did. You, you, yeah. You made the, you know, practically bringing it down to what what Mark's saying. Practically is, is, you know, you've got you've got a few main places on the site that you would put this this average order value brain or this 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 salesperson in place. You've got the product page. You've got the basket. Um, you've got the sweetie page, which is something we always use bet between the basket and the checkout, and then you've got the post purchase. The you know the order confirmation page, mm. Um, mm. and that's a, that's another place. So you, I mean, and you can do things on the add to basket event, but I, and I, but I think about if you think about the two ways to get the average order value up. There's only two ways to get the average order value up. It's either more expensive products, or it's more items per order. So if you think mm. that they're the main the main mechanisms of doing it. So mm. you know if you you know. There's a, there's a, so that salesperson would, would exist in those areas, but also that the reason why we put quite a lot of emphasis on on the importance of this average order value salesperson is because because it's so important that it's a bit of business design too. So you know if I, I mean I remember I remember quite a few stories, but one that comes to mind was it was a it was a quite a famous UK based home furnishing company. So they're selling like, um, you know, cushions and rugs and things like that, and um, you know, stools and stuff. And you, everybody would know would know who they are, but we're not going to say from from an NDA perspective. I'd love to say who it is, but you'll 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 have heard of them. It's a big big one now, but this was about eight nine years ago, and you know, we looked at their their figures and they were doing they've been doing about five million for the last three years and they were struggling to get past that five million pound point online this was kind of when they were first starting out really and that was because it was just unprofitable to to, to recruit any more customers in the mechanisms that we're using at the time it was probably about nine ten years ago now um and their average order value at the time was only 35 pound 35 pounds which is small for a business like that, based on the recruitment cost of new customers that they had, and um, and so we said, well, look, you know, you can't scale. You're not. You basically, we put it into the target sheet. And we looked at the numbers, and we said, well, you're not going to be able to scale past five million 
unless you change a couple of key metrics. And one of them was the average order value. And we said, you have to get the average order value up. And we said, we, we, we want it to be £85. And that's where we think you need to be. And obviously, it's like, what? You know, £35 to £85, that's a massive jump. But we said, well, we think your customers will go for it. That's still you know, a pretty average, average order value. Um, and these, you know, they were selling to quite affluent people. So we, we, we essentially, you know, you know if, you, if you go back to what we were saying before, the two ways to increase the average order value, it's either more items per order or it's more expensive products. You know, we went down the latter one because they were already doing a fairly good job of more items per order. And that's where, you know, you're saying, hey, this soap just goes well with this pasta bowl and this tray and this, you know, so you know, they were doing that quite naturally, um, although certainly we could push it further. But the main, you know, that wasn't going to get them to 85. In order to get to 85, we had to do something quite radical, and that was bringing in more expensive products. And that's literally what happened. And we went and, and said, right, you know, you need core ranges of products here. You need you need to go and create a category for stools, oak stools, and you need to go and create a category for rugs. And these were products that were retailing at like 125, 200 pounds, three, 400 pounds. Mm. And we launched those and we got them on and we, we sold. We sold out. You know, I think they sold out before they even got them over. And so we proved that we could push the average order value up significantly. Um, and and that's what happened. Now that business is now wow, knocking on probably 20, 25 million comfortably, all because the sales, the average order value salesperson said, hey, it's, you know, in order to scale this business, we're going to have to get the average order value up significantly. Now, it doesn't have to be, that's not the right for everybody. We've seen businesses that have lower average order values and, and have scaled really nicely. But imagine if you're if you're competing for a, an, an order of £35 versus one that's £85, it's so much more efficient for mm. you to do it. You know, you cost for acquisition costs. You know, it's much, much better. So, that that's an example of where we we increased the you know the, 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 the we brought in more expensive products but the other way of doing it which is probably most relevant to most people who's listening to this podcast is to get people to add more things to their order and you can do that in a couple of ways you can either go and say you know buy the set buy the kit you know, you've seen the three, you know, buy three and save X like on Amazon does. So you can either go down that route and you do multi-buys and three for twos, um, which is, which is I'd massively encourage that if you've got the product to do so. So if people are tending to buy, so we were with a client the other week and they were selling kids clothing and it, it it very much looked when we analyzed the data it very much looked like people were buying the same product in different colors or patterns so they were buying you know a pair of trousers not the same pair of trousers but they'd be buying one in green and one in blue let's say and yeah. so you go with the flow of the river so if people want to do that you help them do that by doing multi-buy so that particular business is going to try and do three for two or I think it might be buy two, get a third half price. 
and then you know that so that's because that's what that's what people are naturally doing they're buying two already so we're trying to get them to buy a third mm. um I, and so that's that what's is essential there. is the first step is to is to export your data you could find it in google yeah. analytics and then you can kind of work out what's being bought together by looking at the transaction id and then it, it, you you can then extrapolate from that like i was looking at someone who sold gifts today and i was like well when people buy multiple gift options if they're buying a gift because this this site sold you know like hand cream and candles and all that kind of stuff but when they bought something else it would be along the same theme so if they bought the first product they put in the basket was food then it was very likely that the second product they put in the basket was also a food related gift so their gifts became themed they could see that that was and if someone bought a uh, a, a christmas gift box for a uh, eight-year-old boy they might quite often bought a gift box for a 10-year-old boy because they yeah. quite often had two boys and you know so what, do you know what i think what you should do is when you're pulling off your data look at look at the categories that those products are in don't look mm. at the skew so much you know what yeah. you, because you because you, it's very difficult to see i mean and that particular client that i was mentioning before the the you know, clothing company you know they you know they've been trading for a long time but they were looking at the skews but if you looked at the categories you would then see that actually people are buying the same types of product multiple times that's very very common in yeah. clothing and, and then so that, what also yeah. is good because what a machine learning algorithm as good as they are will never do for you they'll never work out the job that's that the customer's trying to be done but if you look at your data and you go well i'm these three products bought often together and these three products bought often together and these four products are all bought together. If you then kind of say, well, it's clear that that person, let's say you have a hardware store, it's clear that a person's painting a fence. So the job to be done is painting a fence. And so there might be a product that would be essential for painting a fence that because no one's ever bought it together because they don't know about it, the machine learning algorithm would never suggest it to them. But because you can see, well, they're clearly bite painting a fence and the algorithm is showing those two products, but it's not showing this other product, you know, it, therefore it's never mm. going to happen. So, you, you know, you, you, AI can take you so far and it can help, but it's actually essential to really go and look at what people are buying together and then see whether that's easy to do on the site. Is it easy to buy those two products together? And often it's not, you know, you might have yeah. an Instagram advert that's really popular or a Facebook advert that's really popular and it's got to get the look and it's like four different types of clothing and someone sees that and they go, I just want to buy what's in that picture. And so they go on the website and they try and find that and they might be able to find one of those things but not the other thing and it's really difficult and it, it, it's just not tied together. And you'll find what we call the tip of the iceberg technique is that if you find you know, a small percentage of people buying those products together, it's probably because they had to wade through lots of friction to get to that point. But other people would want to do that if you made it more easy to do. Yeah. Because it's just, you know, it's like greasing the, it's like greasing the the the, the path that, that you want people to go down, that people actually yeah. want to go down because that's the job they actually want to. Want and, you, to and you've said, you know, you said the other, one of the other methods there, which is actually not, it's not the same type of product. Is it, but it's it could be a different product there, so it's to get the look one. So if you're buying a, mm. 
you know, I mean, lots of businesses do this very successfully, you know, where you're buying a vase and you can get the matching, you know, tablecloth, the matching table lamp that goes with it. And you buy yeah. that look. And that's actually a very good way of actually positioning the product. And it helps even if on the product page, if you if you do that type of thing, you often find the conversion rate of that main product goes up because you show well, actually, how it sits. This is the danger. This is the danger of doing split tests and only relying on conversion rate. Because I remember one where we did a split test on Get the Look and the conversion rate went down. But we almost made twice the average order value. So therefore the revenue per visitor went up massively. Yeah. So whilst we got less sales because we were selling, selling less small stuff, we're actually making way more money and the ROAS, the return on advertised spend, was way higher. So I do see people doing conversion rate tests just on conversion rate and not taking into account the, the, the revenue. And that, that's a mistake. And it's the same, same in um, you know, Google AdWords using the targeting. Some people go and use a CPA targeting for e-commerce and obviously that, that treats all sales the same value, the same in, um, same in Facebook. Um, and you know, there's those, it's, it, you actually want to maximize the value, the conversion value that you're getting overall. So you've got to be careful how you test things and how you react to things. Like you might see your conversion rate go down. And if that's what your team is looking at, you'll freak out. But then how is, you know, maybe the average order value is going up because often when you see average order value goes up, conversion rate goes down a bit because you're asking some people to make a bigger purchase. I mean, Obviously, you want it to go both to go up at the same time, and that's possible. But you've got to be in tune with it to work out what what it is and where you are. So it's just 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 talk about the the the, the four different upsell places. So you've got the product page upsell, you've got the sweetie page upsell, actually the basket page upsell, the sweetie page upsell, which is between the basket page and the checkout, and then you've got the post purchase upsell. The post purchase upsell, is something that's kind of come in recently, and yeah. Okay. So you wanted to, you were going to talk about a site speed yeah, so one as just, well. Yeah, I was going to talk about a site speed one. So I remember another interesting little story that that happened. It was quite a few years ago now, but um, and it was one of those moments. I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, but um, it's I think it's quite important that you'd never think that it would help the average order value salesperson's job, but actually thinking about it, of course it would. But it's when the site speed, if the site speed's too slow, it's it reduces the average order value. And and you'd think, so so I mean a couple of examples that when we've done when we've improved the site speed. Um so we got the site speed, we made it twice as fast. So people had, I think it was like three minutes on the site to make the sale. And we were thinking, well, okay, if people take three minutes on average to to make the sale, if we make the site twice as fast. They're gonna, they're gonna, it's gonna go down, isn't it? It's gonna go down to like one minute, you know, thirty or something like that, and you know, to make that sale. But it didn't. So when the site went a lot faster, the average time that people spent making that sale um, stayed the same, so like three minutes. But the average order value went up, so they added more stuff. So because the site was faster. It really encouraged them to to spend the time navigating around the site and create, you know, with the flow because it was good. The flow was was there that people wanted to. Um, so by making the site faster, it increased the average order value, and that makes sense if you think about it, you're in a physical store and you've got a big queue at the till. You think, oh god, 
Mm-hmm. Can't be bothered. You know, this is a pain. I'm going to get in. I'm going to get out. I can't. You know, or there's a load of there's a load of you know noise. Loads of traffic all over around the the aisles. You know, you really do go need to go and get some other stuff. But you think, oh, do you know what? Mm-hmm. I can't be bothered. I'm just going to go and get mm-hmm. these things because it's too busy. And that's basically when you think about it like that. Mm-hmm. It's exactly the same. It's so obvious. But when we first did that stat, we were like, oh my god. The average order value's got sites gone quicker, and the average order value's gone up. It's like, yeah, of course it has. If you think, if you if you compare it to the to a physical bricks and mortar store, that's what would happen, wouldn't it? Mm. I'm just Pretty looking cool. at the um, I'm just looking at the book actually, page 102, 103. If anybody's got the book, I hope you have. Uh, and then just there's just a couple more things that that that, that, that finance that like has come in in a big way after paying you in in, in Australia. Um, which has been, you know, really big, and it's helped people buy, you know, higher average order order products, and uh, it does make a difference. Um, yeah, you know, there's, um, you know, what there's, there's loads of things in the book there. I mean, there's loads yeah. of little things. You know, there's things like, you know, the free delivery threshold. I mean, that's a classic one again. The average order yeah. up, spend a little bit more, you know, to achieve yeah. free delivery. You know, that that's that's obvious. You know, the little yeah, super size. The Be- Beaver Brooks, there's a Beaver Brooks kind of inc- incremental yeah. offer, which is talked about as well, which is uh, which was huge for them. Um, so that basically and the, says, um, spend 100 quid, save 25. Spend 100, so you do that. Spend 150 yeah, you, quid, you save more. You spend basically, more, the more you, you spend, the more mm-hmm. you save. Mm-hmm. You trips them. But they have built a whole business model on that. Yeah, and also the, the other one is, is social proof. Like if you want if, if you want people to spend more, tell people that, most people do actually end up buying three items rather than two items or one item, you know, like, so that they're kind of going, Oh yeah, well, I just want to do what everybody else is doing. And I can see that that's what other people have done. So I'll do the same. So it's the, the, those little sentences on the site where you say, you know, you say related products or you like, you, you know, changing that text to be something like, you know, based on your 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 buying behave buying, these are personally selected for you or something like that. And split testing that text actually makes a big difference to the to the believability of whether people are using it. And you wouldn't think so. You'd think that that text was just oh related products can be bought together, those kind of things. Mm. But actually the text and how it's presented and how it's framed make an actual, you know, yeah. a big difference to, well, the, to the things that are happening on your site. The, 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 yeah, and the, and the other thing as well, which is probably since we wrote the book, has happened quite a lot, is the increase of the post-purchase upsell. So the one-click yeah. upsell stuff. And that's, mm. I mean, if you're on Shopify, that's things like Zipify or the equivalents on the other platforms. Um, we I mean, worked with someone, I think it was something like, said like something like 70% of people went for the upsell, which, you yeah, know, if you think about ridiculous. it, that's, that's huge. <laughs> Absolutely and, and, huge. And often... The up, I mean, and those kind of impulse purchase, you know, with the Sweetie Pay stuff is a similar thing to this, which is the page between the basket and the checkout. But it's the mm-hmm. same, I guess, on Shopify, the equivalent is the, the end one, the Zipify, you know, word confirmation one. And those those really should be no-brainer upsells. So you don't you don't really put the get the look in there. You know, people who bought this fast also bought these mm-hmm. other things. What you're doing is you're putting you're putting the, the instant upsell. So to typically that's either a product that every person could have. It's like everybody products, like mm. something that you know, you know, anyone who's anyone will be up for buying this bloody 
you know, you don't have to study it either. You don't have to study it. Yeah, just yeah. I need one of those. Yeah, I have one of those. And you do a deal. You say, look, if you you know if you buy this Mm. now, you get a deal with it. The other simple thing to do is just get them to buy the same product again. So whatever product they've got, buy the same thing twice and save just a supplement. And that's what that great example that you've just given. That's the main most successful one they did was they just got this product, this people to buy the same thing they'd already bought again. Mm. And how simple is that? You know, hey, buy yeah. the same thing again, and we'll give you it for 50% off, or whatever yeah. it was. I think it was pretty good. I think it was 30% off, actually. So, yeah. So, I mean, it won't work with everything. It needs to be no, something that is consumable, like but, that. Like but, a wedding dress, you can't say, you bought a wedding <laughs> dress, here, have the same wedding dress again, no, that off. probably wouldn't work. Yeah, you know, it would. You'd no. be like, oh, I don't really need. Well, what you do with dresses. a wedding dress actually is you'd be upselling things on that wedding dress. You'd be saying, yeah. look, here's the wedding dress. You know, if you want the, you know, the, the lace thing at the back, it's another fifty quid. If you want the silk thing at the back, it's another hundred quid. If you want the, yeah. that, you'd be upselling on that product. Do you want the the special if stitching? You're a, if you're selling a, book, yeah. you know, a a bloody bucket or whatever you know you want another bucket yeah i'll have another bucket i'll have another yeah. one for half price so it, it, you it, wouldn't sell a wedding dress and a bucket together no that wouldn't go <laughs> here's your wedding dress and here's the book have a bucket to put yeah. on your head you know what that's the, the problem with sometimes yeah you know what so i mean in summary you you've got to look at your data you've got to, you've got to look at what's actually happening you know so take a step back and look at generally, okay, you know, what do I think people, what is the job to be done? You know, have a think about it. And then look at the data and spot trends and go with the flow of the river. Mm-hmm. You know, so generally, and because sometimes it can be so simple. It, it, I mean, that example there, you know, if, if, if the two examples I've given were where people were buying the same product twice, the same product category twice. So we're buying the same, you know, same, you know, pair of trousers in different colours. Mm. So that's that's an easy one. You just you just you put that into a you know a, a buy buy two get a third half price or buy four for a hundred quid or you know like all the big shirt companies do. You, that's just a simple multi buy across the whole category. Dead easy. And then the other example is buying the same product again, exactly the same product. And I mean, I know, you know, buying vitamins online, you know, the classic way of doing that is you, you know, you, you buy the, you get 80 capsules or 160 capsules. If they add the 80 capsules, you, you supersize them and you live them the option. You just got to, you've got to go keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look at, look at what people are doing and make it easier for to do that. Like you said, you can't find the bloody way of upselling. It's not mm-hmm. easy. It's got to be so easy. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys, thank you very much for listening to the podcast. We'll be back next week, hopefully, uh, to do the final installment of the five salespeople, uh, which is the lifetime customer value. So thank you very much for listening, and we look forward to speaking to you all soon.